Hi. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about something that students often ask me about, which is operations for colorectal cancer. And what exactly is what operation? So today we're going to cover right hemicolectomy, but in other podcasts, we're going to talk about uh, left hemicolectomy, anterior section, uh, abdominal perineal excision of rectum and Hartman's procedures. Um, but before we do that, we're going to talk about a few underlying general principles to do with uh, resection and uh, and why we do them. So the first thing uh, is just I've uh, prepared this diagram earlier. I'm not a very good drawer, so you're going to have to bear with me a bit. But you can see here that um, we've got a, a colon. Here's the ileum coming into the colon, into the cecum here. So that's down in the right hemisphere fossa, and it goes up the ascending colon to the hepatic flexure, across the transverse colon, which is obviously a bit more dippy than this normally. And the splenic flexure here, down the descending colon, gets a bit wiggly down the sigmoid colon, into the rectum, and out through the anus. Now, it's very important to understand the development of the blood supply to the bowel. And there's three main vessels uh, supplying the bowel, and this depends on their embryological origin. So the foregut is supplied by the celiac trunk. I've not put that in here. Uh, for the sake of uh, simplicity, but the celiac trunk comes off the uh, aorta around T12 and uh, supplies the foregut, so uh, the lower end of the esophagus and the stomach and down to the second part of the duodenum. And then uh, the midgut takes over and runs from the second part of the duodenum uh, all the way down the small bowel, all the way up here to about two-thirds of the way across the transverse colon or maybe around the splenic flexure in the artery in the midgut the SMA, the superior mesenteric artery, and that leaves the aorta around the L1 vertebral level, comes down here and it gives off uh, a middle colic branch which uh, divides multiply and quite early uh, to supply the uh, hepatic flexure and across the transverse colon and carries down here in not too many, about 10 or 15% of people, a branch is given off here called a right colic but that's often absent as we, as we said carry on as the uh, superior mesenteric artery giving branches off the small bowel as you go along the small bowel and then it ends up as the ileocolic artery which as the name implies gives a few branches to the uh, ileum will supply the appendix and will uh, also supply the um, right colic uh, the right side of the colon here so that's the ileocolic and you'll notice that there's uh, the vessel goes along here and it forms a good anastomosis with the right colic that's present and certainly the middle colic and then the anastomosis continues all the way uh, around the colon and this is called the marginal artery of Drummond and it's very important for when we do resections that when we divide the vessel we still have some anastomosis by the bowel three most important things about uh, colonic anastomotic healing being blood supply blood supply and blood supply okay so that's the uh, that's the SMA, that's the artery of the midgut. The hindgut starts around here, about two-thirds way across the transverse colon, splenic flexure, and then the hindgut goes all the way down here up until we get to the dentate line, which is the uh, embryological remnant of the gut pushing downwards and the skin in the, uh, the cloaca pushing inwards and uh, joining it to form the anus itself. So the IMA comes up about L3, it's two or three centimetres long and then divides into the uh, the left colic branch or ascending colic branch which uh, turns up and towards the splenic flexure and gives off branches 
this way to supply the coal on and then uh, the, the rest of the vessel carries on here gives branches to the ascending colon the sigmoid colon and ends up as the superior rectal artery which comes in and supplies uh, the top uh, and middle of the rectum the middle rectal artery here is not uh, commonly there again only in about 10 or 15 percent of the patients and the inferior rectal is a branch of the internal pudendal artery and um, that supplies the lower anal canal and is the vessel that um, keeps the uh, hemorrhoidal tissue full of blood okay so there's uh, the, th the three vessels the celiac trunk which supplies the foregut the superior mesenteric artery supplies the midgut and the inferior mesenteric artery which supplies the hindgut and as i accidentally flipped on to earlier today we're going to talk about right hemicolectomy now also we just need to know some uh, underlying principles and so what do we do when we do cancer surgery well pretty obviously really we need to remove the primary tumor completely we need to do that without damaging surrounding structures and then we need to remove the lymph nodes which drain the tumor and there are a couple of reasons for this the first is that uh, if we leave lymph nodes full of tumor sitting there then they will continue to grow and we inevitably get a regional recurrence of the cancer and uh, and so we uh, we uh, take out lymph nodes to, in order to stop the, the cancer growing uh, in what was left behind and also it's very important that we know whether there is tumor in these lymph nodes so that we can give a stage to the tumor so you may know already that um, <clears throat> tumor that spreads to lymph nodes is a duke stage c tumor or uh, in the tnm classification it's n1 or n2 depending on the number of lymph nodes involved and we'll probably cover that in a future podcast and this is important for prognostic reasons um, so your five-year survival if you have lymph node involvement is between 30 and 50 percent depending on whether you're n2 or n1 or whether you're uh, duke stage c1 or c2 and if you are if you have got lymph node involvement then uh, we would normally recommend all of things being equal that you have some adjuvant chemotherapy to um, help the eventual cure of your tumor handily for us we know where these lymph nodes are and they are found alongside the named arteries right so right hemicolectomy this involves me drawing a bit so you're going to have to bear with me slightly so we've got the terminalium there cecum starts to come round like this and down so the ascending colon, transverse colon, obviously dips down a bit more like we said. Descending colon, sigmoid colon, into the anus. Right. So there's the aorta, and off the aorta comes the superior mesenteric artery, the artery of the midgut, and heads off there eventually being the ionic artery and uh, gives off branches like this the small bowel the terminal branch of the ionic to the ileum and then curves around there runs along the medial side of the bowel there might be a, a right colic artery in some people but more commonly as we said a middle colic artery can be devised <coughs> runs round and anastomoses with that and then also another branch of it runs along the transverse colon towards the spinal flexure and then we'll anastomose 
with the inferiors into our cartridge badges around here. Okay, so we've got SMA there, it's quite hard to write with these pens, and middle colic artery there, okay, and that's the IA colic artery there. Right, so let's have a look and put our tuner in. Right then, for the sake of argument, we'll mark our tumour as a blue lump that sits here, sort of in the middle of the ascending colon, for argument's sake. And there's a tumour there. So our principles are we need to remove the tumour in its entirety without damage surrounding structures, but also remove any lymph nodes to which this tumour might drain. So it might drain along this vessel here. We also said it, it drains the lymph nodes travel with the named arteries, so might be lymph nodes along the ileocolic artery we need to remove, but also along this branch of the middle colic artery. And you see the tumour may invade and be drained by lymph nodes going both ways. So we need to take both of those. So if we're going to remove uh, this, this bit of artery here and this bit of artery here, it's really important that we have some viable bowel left. And so all this bowel down here is going to be non-viable. It's not going to have a blood supply. And so we're going to have to divide the bowel around there, so it's supplied by this bit of vessel, and around here, so it's supplied by this bit of vessel. And then divide the, the vessels themselves there, and there, and all this then goes off to the lab, and the pathologists have a look at it for us. And what they're going to tell us is confirm absolutely that this is a cancer, and we're going to have a look on the microscope at that, and they're also going to tell us the T stage, which comes from 1 to 4, and um, the T stage is how far through the bowel wall the tumour has invaded. Uh, T4 means it's right out in serosa, T1 means it's not very far in at all. And the end stage, which is either 1 or 2, and that depends on the number of lymph nodes involved. Um, and uh, if the lymph nodes are involved, it would be uh, a Duke stage C, and for the very top node, the Tupperware was involved, then it would be Duke stage C2, and that makes the prognosis a bit worse. And so, uh, if lymph nodes are involved, then there's about a, if uh, it's an N1 or a Duke stage C1, then about 50% five year survival. And if the apical node's involved or it's an N2, then that probably drops to around 30% five year survival. So, it's important to know for prognosis, but also for treatment. Remember, if we've got a, a, sta a T4 tumour, so there's viable cancer cells on the serosa, on the serosal surface of the of the bowel, then we would probably recommend some chemotherapy if the patient's fit enough, and if it's in any of the lymph nodes, we would again offer some uh, adjuvant chemotherapy to the patient. So it's important in prognosis, but also planning future treatment. Okay, so anyway, that's going to leave us with two ends of bowel there. So what are we going to do with those? Well, uh, on the right-hand side, we want to be able to join them up. And so we can, uh, if we just see now here, we've got this end of bowel here like this, uh, which is the uh, transverse colon, and an end here, which is the uh, terminal ileum. And what we want to do is join those two back together again. And so there's all sorts of ways to do this. You can do it, uh, just stitch that end onto that end. So you have a terminal ileum like that transverse colon like that and just stitch the two together obviously you can pull those two together and so they just join up uh, or what I prefer to do a lot of 
people prefer to do it is side to side anastomosis. So the terminalium uh, is like that, there the terminalium, and the port alongside the transverse colon, which runs down across there like that, and then out to the anus. And then you've got a staple gun in here, or you can, can sew it if you like in there. And bring those two edges together and then cut down there so the staples join that together. So you look at that from the end if you're going to do stapling, is you've got two lumens there and you bring them together and then you find a staple gun that cuts the staples across there and so you have just a one lumen like that with a communication across it. So if you look from the side uh, you can see there's two bits of vowel like that. And they're joined together down the middle, and so there's the terminalium, there's the transverse colon, that's joined together there, and so buccal stream can come up from the stomach side of things, go across the anastomosis, and then go down to the anus, and so that's the side to side anastomosis. The important thing is that the uh, the bowels join together, and the buccal stream runs through. Now there should be no tension on that anastomosis. You should also check there's a, very, there's a good enough blood supply. Uh, I said earlier the three most important things about anastomotic hemia are blood supply, blood supply, and blood supply. It's not being just ever so slightly facetious. It is desperately important because there will be no healing without a good blood supply until at day five or so after the operation. The uh, staples are going to give a bit and you're going to get an anastomotic leak. And so what we have at the end is... Now, what we have at the end is this. The terminalium runs down here, like this. And it's joined on an anastomosis with a transverse colon. And it runs out there to the anus. And there we have it. That is right. Any corrects me. Um, I'm much better at writing than this in real life. Okay, so that's it from the School of Surgery uh, for this podcast. We have the podcasts on other colorectal operations. Uh, you can visit us and like us on Facebook or visit us and join us on Podomatic or follow us and subscribe to our podcast through iTunes. Okay, I hope you uh, enjoyed it and if you would like to see anything else then please let us know and we'll do our best to do a podcast on uh, any surgical topic that you feel you need some uh, further help with.